Hello, and welcome to Now Listen to This, an album discussion podcast where three maturing divas deep dive into music. At the end, we'll give the album a rating and put it in our master list to see how it stands up. My name is Brett, and with me is Nick. Hey. And Max. Call me Max Swifty. Max Swifty, and our fourth maturing diva, our special guest returning, Bronwyn. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Good, how are you? Good. Good. What's funny about calling Taylor Swift a maturing diva is she's like a year older than us. <laughs> yeah, and we're maturing. That's true. You yeah. can hear it in our lyrics. We're figuring it out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We're not as petty as we used to be about all those breakups. We're matured. I'm sorry about what I said about John Mayer. Did she date John Mayer? She did. She did not like him at all. <laughs> he, he looks like he was asshole. apparently a huge piece of shit. I huge. You yeah. heard it first. Have you heard his he music? He telegraphs oh, that. Yeah, have you heard his music? <laughs> hey, guys. I'm literally sipping tea right now. Like the Kermit meme? Yeah. See, wow. Topical Epic. memes. Epic memeing. <laughs> All right, quick. Round table. Favorite meme. We did this last time. <laughs> no. Thank you. Favorite meme. It, well, doesn't it change every week? I mean, yeah. I like the I like calling Taylor Swift an aging diva for that's really funny for some reason. Maturing, maturing diva, maturing aging is so much worse. She's maturing on the inside. It is weird to think of Taylor Swift as like thirty four years old. She's she feels 33. like she feels like she's like twenty. All of her songs are just her age. No, they're not. A lot of them are. And now I'm thirty one. <laughs> I mean, that's fucking Adele. <laughs> Yeah, she's not Adele. Adele's just not t- I'm 31. Did not she did, she did a song called 22, but that's it. Wasn't one of her albums called like 18? I think her 1989, album. the year that okay, she was born. So that's similar. <laughs> she had one called Seven on this one about being seven. That's true. This album's not autobiographical, dude. So it kind of is. Some of literally, it is. Literally, it's not. Literally, it's about escapism. There's no literally way. Literally, it's about the stories that she wrote. Some of the songs. There's are no about way her. that some of this is not like <laughs> based on her own life. Literally, there's no way. Absolutely no way. <clears throat> I think, at least. But yeah, I, I just want to get right out of the way. This album has a lot of swear words on it. She does do some cusses. So some warning here. Is this a warning? This is a warning that if you're not ready for Dark Taylor, turn around. DT? I did say it's mature. Yeah. Maturing. There is no parental advisory sticker. It's on its way too mature. Well, you know what? She'll be 34 in 11 days. Wow. When's her birthday? In 11 days. What's today? The second? The second. (laughs) Dude. Sorry. No, that was so bitchy for no reason. It's uh, December 13th, 1989. We've been together for like 10 years. You deserve... (laughs) Um, yeah. So, guys, how's your week been? <laughs> what is going on? This is called this is podcasting, Bronwyn. <laughs> this is good banter. It's yeah, really good. It's, it's entertaining it's for sure. It's something for sure. If you were there, the yeah, energy in the room something. is so high right now, but it's just not coming through the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about our experiences with Taylor Swift? Sure. I mean, if you want to. Nick, what's your experience with Taylor Swift? I think what like most people who don't buy her albums or listen to her actively is, it's, you know, you hear all the hits at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's one of those people who's like such a, a mega star that like you kind of involuntarily know things about their life that you otherwise wouldn't know or yeah. care about. You know, but uh what's your but, yeah. favorite involuntary favorite Taylor Swift song? Uh I don't know. 
Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not really like big on her stuff. It's all like mm-hmm. just kind of fine. You know, it's, I will say it's not like annoying to me. Well, that's good. Like her songs aren't, they don't like get on my nerves other than just being like played way too much. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think like her songs are bad. There, it's just not really, you know, something that grabs me or makes me want to, you know, seek out more stuff from yeah, her. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm with yeah. you there. My favorite is, uh, I knew you were in trouble when you walked in. Have you seen the one with the goat? The goat? Yeah, yeah that's really yeah. funny. Wow. That's a good one. That's probably my favorite because of that. I like that. That's, I think that's actually a pretty good song. Wait, what's the one with the goat? It's like when she goes, oh. No. And oh. I'm lying on the cold hard ground. Oh. But it's a goat and he's like, ah. Oh. It's really funny. It. Screaming goat. <laughs> um, I think that's a, <laughs> that it's a classic, classic bop. Um, I think my stepdad who does, he does um, electrical engineering for like the screens and stuff at concert tours. I think he's been out with Taylor Swift a couple of times. So yeah, I could have seen her if I wanted to, but um, other than that, I've never like actively listened to like a Taylor Swift album. Yeah, I've never listened to a whole album. <laughs> I definitely feel like I've heard a whole album's worth of material uh, just yeah. from how many hits she's. Well, had. I mean, learning <laughs> that these albums are like sixteen songs long. Yeah, maybe not. That, yeah, that too. Yeah, and she puts out like two a year. She does. Dude, I don't know. it seems like it. I was shocked. She's got a shitload of records. Well, in a, more it, than a, more than I thought she'd have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the the last several that she's put out besides Midnight's, they've all been like basically re-releases, Taylor's version. When when she left um Big Machine or maybe Republic? No. When she left Big Machine with like Scooter Braun and they had that whole like conflict Dude. over her shit. Buck and Scooter she Braun. and um For real who, piece of shit. He is like fully yeah like a huge <clears throat> asshole. I called it. That's you know something it. I should say about my preconceived thing about Taylor Swift before listening to this album too, is that I've actually always said that I really like her in the terms of like what she does for like the music industry. Like what like, she with, stands for. Yeah. With like how big she is and mm-hmm. like, she actually like takes stances and gives like huge corporations ultimatums and stuff. And she granted her weight around. Yeah. I mean, and granted like, you know, in the end, like it's to benefit herself, you know, but, but I think it's cool that she's like, she's big enough to actually like make things change. Like, and, mm. and, and I like that. Yeah. You know? I feel it, like it if, is a two, two sided coin. Yeah. Yeah. If she had been instead of Neil Young, if she had pulled her music from Spotify over the Joe Rogan shit. Oh, they would have. Wasn't she not on Spotify until like fairly recently? She had I a thing no with idea. Spotify, but it was more just straight about royalty rights and right. stuff. And, uh, uh, so I think, I don't know if she ever got taken off Spotify or if she just like was like, okay, well I'm pulling my stuff then, you know, like if they didn't right. renegotiate. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I just, I think that that's respectable at least like, you know, or actually like standing up for, you know, the music and the musicians and artists in the music industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, me, and, me and Brown, I didn't agree. know about this. We were talking about today, but she was uh, talking about the scooter Braun. She like didn't own the rights to her music. Yeah. So she just re-recorded like a bunch of her albums. Yeah. It's it's really, it's kind of like a funny story because while all of this was going on, Kelly Clarkson tweeted at her, hey, you know what you should do? You should re-record your entire like discography, basically, like your entire library of music, re-record it and like tweak it so that it's your own and then repackages, repackages it repackage it as taylor swift's version and she just said okay yeah taylor swift was like actually that's like 
a really fucking sick idea. Let me do that. And now every time she re-releases an album as Taylor's version, she sends uh, Kelly Clarkson like a giant fucking bouquet of flowers or something as a thank you. And is that it? Dude, Kelly Clarkson should get <laughs> like a million dollars. <laughs> fucking the the last one she re-released was 1989. And that's, again, it's the best-selling album of the year. Yeah, she can record the same album over and over and over, and it'll always be the best-selling album of the year. Yeah. Well, yeah. but what I like, like... no other artist on earth can feasibly do that. Yeah. Well, but what I like about the Taylor's version albums is that there is, like, a difference between the original work and the stuff that she's putting out now that is, like, basically a re-recording, but it's got, like, just different pieces to it that feel very much like her now, like... She has taken stuff that she has already made and made it into something else that is so much more true to like who she is as an artist today. And I think that's really cool. Is her re-recordings of her old like country stuff, country stuff still? Yes, it is. But it, I, I would say it definitely gears more towards like the popier Mm -hmm. sound. And I'll talk about this later, but she... Um, does a bunch of stuff with, uh, oh God, what is his name? Jack Antonoff from the Bleachers. Um, and he's like, he's a big producer who has a very specific sound and you can hear him like through basically everything. But, but see, like what's funny is as we, you know, primarily into metal music, we get a lot of really bad re-recordings. Um, that's like a particularly power metal bands love like 20 years later they're like thrash bands too it's almost always bad they're like here's our here's like a fan favorite song but it's like 20 percent slower and like really like but those guys are all fucking 50 now too or 60 it, then don't do sing. it <laughs> yeah yeah dude if creator was ever like the best you can hope for is that it's like forgettable and then you can just go back to listening to the original again <laughs> which as much as that album is is kind of bad Respect to Halloween for just fucking going all out with re-recordings. Well, that's at least somewhat of a different idea. <laughs> also, it's like, Halloween, yeah. so they were probably like... <laughs> oh, they definitely were. That was that was what they did um, the whole time in the studio. Yeah, dude, the fucking... The, the funniest and worst re-recording is definitely the Bonded by Blood. <laughs> that's just <laughs> we so bad. We were talking about that the other day with Vince. <laughs> <laughs> fucking... Oh, yeah. I was like, of all the eras that they recorded... Bond of my blood with it's like it had to be with Rob Dukes. I just uh, I don't I don't know I don't tolerate re-recordings. Well, that like, and the fact that it's all it's all down tuned, just like dur, 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 like fucking I, sucks. I get it if the artist just doesn't have access to their old music or they're not making profits like they should or or whatever. Yeah, like uh, if there's a reason, I get it. But a lot of bands just do it like for fun or something. What am I? <laughs> you know, I talk about Paradise Lost a lot. Know, first entry, their, we can talk about Man of War. One of their worst at that. Most famous albums called uh, Icon. This was its 30th anniversary, and they were like, we're going to re-record the whole thing. And I listened to it, and I was like, I mean, it sounds like the same. Remember when In Flames re-recorded Half a Clay, man? Oh, my God. That's the only thing I've that ever was, rated a zero. <laughs> that was the worst album of the year. It was so fucking bad. Wasn't that just like last year? Oh, yeah. No, that was or two, two years, ago, years ago, two or three years ago. That's the worst album of the year. It was two years ago because it was the 20th anniversary. Yeah. That was what they chose to do. That was so bad. Well, I first heard Taylor Swift, like everyone else, at Walmart or wherever. The old GC. Bronwyn, what was like her first like hit? Her very first hit was like Teardrops on My Guitar. Classic. 
Remember that? Um, uh, my old roommate, Matt, really liked Taylor Swift, but back before it was cool to like Taylor Swift. He probably hates you know her now, I mean? huh? I, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> but uh, he said that he, like, saw her once in Lawrence. She's got a friend that lives in Lawrence or something. Yeah, she visited KU a lot. Yeah, so. Did you know Keanu Reeves and Dogstar were in Lawrence, like, a month ago? No. Is that Does that entre- entice you? I would love to go see Keanu Reeves and Dogstar. I wonder, where did he play? Probably I think they're Granada. Or not the Granada. The bottleneck? The, no. Well, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I actually don't know. But I was there that weekend, seeing my mom. I wonder if people would pay to see Keanu Reeves' band. Well, I think that yeah. I think that's what happens really, when they put yeah. on a show and people go to it. Usually they pay for it. But, like, I love Keanu Reeves. And I don't, I don't know what his music sounds like. I'm sure it's good. We went and saw Elijah Wood's DJ thing. <laughs> what? And yeah, that was fucking awesome. Did yeah, you, but, yeah, where but was you he? never fucking listened to that shit. <laughs> where was that? It was at the Riot Room. That's sick. <laughs> it was, it was how, like he was like it was literal like putting on records and like yeah, him know, and his friend just like track. having inside jokes. And he just like drink a beer and then like <laughs> change the record. <laughs> I don't understand. And I was like, people. I was like, people. People pay for that. He probably thought it was hilarious. That sounds like yeah. I watched this video of this dude. This like DJ. His like his like equipment malfunctioned and started going like like skipping. And he's like fixing it, and it takes him like a minute. And when he fixes it, like the beat comes back in. And And it was like, well, that worked. Um. All right, Brian. What's your history with Tay Tay? I mean, I I think being a girl in high school. Wait, when did her first stuff come out? Her first stuff was from like 2007 or something, wasn't it? Her very first, her self-titled album 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 came out in 2006. So I was in sixth grade. So like I was probably I don't remember listening to Taylor Swift very often. But, you were but the I was probably audience. yes. Like I definitely had friends who loved Taylor Swift. Like. I know I had friends that went to later like concerts when she held stuff in Kansas City like um but I I didn't really listen to Taylor Swift. I think I was probably one of those girls that was like I'm not I don't like Taylor Swift cuz she's a girl and she plays country music and I don't like it. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm too cool for this. I like my chemical romance. Yeah. That, that early stuff was pretty like I don't know girly pop country you yeah know, it was like country pandering type stuff but yeah. i was also like fully singing her music in the shower like mm. i was i liked her i just didn't want to admit i yeah. did so um, you were a poser i was yeah i see dude you would have we would have not gone along because i had the <laughs> iced earth fuck posers patch <laughs> that means we couldn't like him uh we were fucking poser disposers we were honestly <laughs> we disposed very well. <laughs> but yeah. Not a lot of people liked us, but we didn't mind. Well, we made uh, we made no <laughs> friends from having that attitude. <laughs> Remember that when, when that was the most important thing? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. Wake up every day and be thankful you're not a poser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it was a disease that least, was going to bite you one day. At least I know I'm true. <laughs> yeah. There, there. Yeah. There's. The, the terms now, they call you a, a surface skimmer That's and more a like tourist. The, it's more like the black metal community. Or uh, yeah. we would have been gatekeepers. Yeah. Oh, we were. <laughs> but that word I don't think existed yet. Yeah. Except in, except for like actual gates. We were like gatekeepers <laughs> to the term gatekeeper. Well, I don't know. I was like really open to to 
you were showing not. people like the stuff that I liked. But what what made me mad was when they I didn't understand why they weren't as passionate or liked it as much as me. That yeah. was that was like where <laughs> you were mean what? to me because <laughs> yeah, but you like bad stuff. <laughs> exactly, you didn't care. <laughs> it took Brett months of being like, the "Kid's all right." <laughs> you did have Slipknot shoes. Yeah, I did. All right. <laughs> Poser. <laughs> Dude, that took so long to wear off my, of like my parents were like, we don't know what to get him for Christmas. So we'll get him like a slipknot shirt and a slipknot beanie and slipknot gloves. And I was like, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just, you nod, nod that stuff off. I always get like ACDC and guns and roses shirts. It's like, cool. You know, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty, like, pretty close. I've, I've gotten, I've received from family like four Ramon shirts over my life, which is, I'm that's like, a good one. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you remember like when the switch flipped for you and you were like, Taylor Swift is really good and I really like her, like unironically? Are you referring to like a month ago when well, you and I were sitting down and having <clears throat> a conversation about, yeah. So, like, I think I just kind of, how do I put it? I, I was like holding off on in like enjoying outwardly her stuff because it is not stuff that I normally listen. Like I don't listen to her stuff hardly ever. Um, but yeah, I guess I just kind of realized like, oh, I can like this even though I don't dedicate a bunch of time to it, which is it's different for me now because like I go through these phases of like enjoying certain artists or like certain genres of music and that's literally all I listen to for like months on end and like I just am like fixated on it and then I move on to the next fixation this kind of stuff you're just supposed to like listen to a song that you like you know or or yeah I like these few songs by her that's kind of what Bronwyn does that's what I do now playlist like i'll hear the same like rotting christ song like nine times in a day yeah not in a day i'm just i'm exaggerating for effect (laughs) oh okay (laughs) um but like i would go through like the cycles of like listening to the same things over and over and over again and i think i was like oh yeah i actually do like this even though i don't listen to it compulsively Uh uh-huh how did you know to pick folklore the album like have you skimmed through all her albums and said this is the one that sounds the best to you this is well this is the one i've heard the most from um like out of all of her albums this is the one i've listened to the most songs on like just just randomly and i like i i like the sound um where it's a little more it's like anti-pop a little bit yeah none of these play at target no they don't and that's that's kind of why i prefer it because it's not stuff that you're gonna hear everywhere like it's a completely different genre that she's exploring and it's not as mainstream as, as the rest of her stuff is, but it is still very accessible. I said it up top. This is dark Taylor. Yeah. Is she still dark Taylor or was this just a fling? Well, so the next album was also <laughs> I had a serious answer for that. <laughs> yeah, that was she's a so <laughs> the next album is still dark Taylor evermore. She released a companion piece to this, but as midnight, Dark Taylor still? Midnight's is very like, it's very like chill music. It's not as like crazy upbeat poppy as like Lover is or like Red is very like poppy with a little bit of like rock. But Midnight's is very like chill. Would you say we're on the verge of a new era? (laughs) 
I think we're already in it. You know really? It's yeah. already started. You know what's interesting so. about Taylor Swift and how she's like the most famous musician in the world is it like it really did happen gradually over the last like 15 years. She just played all her cards right every single time. Yeah. Like yeah. just period. Like, she successfully broke out of the mold of the uh, the top tier country people and yeah. Yeah, transitioned. It, like she's not one of those where it's yeah. like, where did she come from? You know, it's like an overnight sensation. It's just been like a gradual climb. I think we're just reminded every time she does a big tour, like the one she completed this past year, where like, oh yeah, I've, we forgot she's the biggest thing ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. When she was here, like, uh, it was like every hotel. This summer, you mean? Yeah. Oh my God, it was obnoxious. It's like every hotel in like a hundred mile radius of the city was booked. Need we mention she's dating fucking Travis Kelsey and we're, we live in Kansas City. Yeah. So we're actually yeah. Swifties by blood now. We're in the eye of the fucking hurricane. Dude, me and Bronwyn <laughs> keep joking. You'll, you know, you'll see like those like Taylor Swift stops by Kansas to see Travis real quick. And I'm like, like, what are you doing? What are you doing when you come here? I'm so of, sorry. TikTok of her at Quick Trip getting has a slush. He <laughs> has, he tricked her, has he tricked her? He's only kept her within like the plaza, like three blocks. Yeah. He's like, it's real nice here, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, that's extra funny because you go to the wrong block on the plaza. <laughs> <laughs> There's like men flashing guns at you. <laughs> like, that's a dead body. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the plaza is like fucking peak Kansas City where it's like gorgeous, beautiful, turn right, fucking death. We don't have enough money to hide that. It's a it's a wonderful, colorful urban area with lots of culture. Brown, do you remember when my sister's yeah, that was like Kyle the, got shot was like in the, the company face. Byline Straight up like got shot in the face, yes. Did I tell you guys that? Oh. My sister's my, my sister dated this this guy, Kyle, and he was at the plaza. He worked at Chewy's. He worked at Chewy's on the plaza, and he was, like, leaving work. <laughs> These dudes came up to him with a gun. They were like, give me your wallet. And he was like, no. So they fucking shot him in the face. Did He just had a bullet hole through his cheek. He lived? Yeah. Oh. And he, he like, got shot and drove off. What? What the fuck? Like, went to the hospital. What a cool fucking guy. <laughs> no. No, he's not a cool guy at all. But anyways, that's what Taylor's getting by coming here, and I'm like, she wants to see that new Ferris wheel that we got that's by the highway for some reason. It's the worst spot for that. It's like, yeah. Every time I drive past it, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's like literally like 10 feet from the highway. It's insane. Aren't they building that huge like bridge? Like in, it's like a bridge with like a whole bunch of like entertainment on it. Like, yeah, it's one of the old, um, it's like old, one of the old like train bridges that's like just been. Uh, shut down for decades. Where? Uh, right over the river in the city. By the old Steamboat Arabia? It's probably, yeah. Probably by a, like Argosy Casino. <laughs> yeah. These are some some deep local uh, <laughs> But they're references. turning that essentially into its own like power and light district. Oh, cool. Which is actually kind of <laughs> cool, but I'd also be scared that like the bridge would collapse. And no I shit. Die. I've seen Final Destination too many times. Who wants Valley to talk concern. about, who wants to tell us about Taylor Swift? <laughs> I can. <laughs> <laughs> that's good because we know nothing yeah i know a minute amount well and i don't really know anything i'm just gonna read off the wikipedia there's just like too much information to know about her so basically um she was born december 13th 1989 um she was raised on a christmas tree farm in pennsylvania <laughs> what? christmas tree farm yes. that's why she's so spirited 
She was also, she's a Montessori kid, which uh, makes a lot of sense. She's a what? Hey. A Montessori kid. Careful, what is that? bro. I went to Montessori school. Did you go to for, Montessori? For kindergarten. You're totally preschool. a Montessori kid. Is that like yeah, a dude. weird Christian thing? We learn at our own pace. No, it's it's <laughs> like a it's like a learning through experience Ooh. kind of <laughs> It's actually like a really cool uh, like like even, setup. It sounds like even a five year old Brett would be like, this is bullshit. <laughs> like, no, it was just like all the classes are the same class. So no. you're hanging out with like big kids. And they're like pushing you over and stuff. <laughs> You're like tasting dirt and they're like graining you on my, it. Like. My experience, it was like a weird Christian one, even though my family's yeah. not religious. And like. You get an A if you talk about God. Probably. I don't know. But like if you, I remember me and my brother were playing banana guns. We got oh, in big, no. big trouble. Well, you'll get in big trouble for that in public school now too. Can yeah, I, this was like 1993. Can I tell the, <laughs> the best story of all time about uh, in third grade? I taught a bunch of kids that if you stick your middle, middle finger down, man, you hate the devil. <laughs> and so like, I think you've told this on the air before. It's like, it's, it's, I'm, I'm so proud of this story, but we were all just like standing around. <laughs> middle fingers pointing down. Like, I got in trouble. I love that. Fuck the devil. <laughs> <laughs> There's the sound bite for the beginning. <laughs> but so, she went to, she was, where did you say Pennsylvania? She, yes, she was raised in, born and raised in Pennsylvania. I feel like Pennsylvanians are all tall. Let us know if that's not correct. You know, they're really like, hey, how tall born. is she? I don't know how tall she is. She's got to be like five foot eight. She got to be five Let me ten. Google it. Taylor Swift. Hi. Matt said he saw her in Lawrence and she's really tall. 5'11. God damn. Look at that. That's model height. She modeled for Abercrombie and Fitch when she was a kid. Wow. So, um, she's she, got the bone structure for it. She, I think she's very pretty. I, I, I think everyone agrees. Um, not me. <laughs> <laughs> she's like a six and a half. Right? Okay, Max. Um, her face isn't quite symmetrical. <laughs> oh my God. This, um, ba- this dog needs some meat on her bones, you know? She. I want to see some curves. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> She moved with her family to Nashville when she was 14 and signed with Big Machine Records in 2005. Um, The next year, she released her very first album, the self-titled Taylor Swift album with Teardrops on My Guitar. Um, Stone Cold Classic. And then her next album was when she really broke out. Um, She kind of started going into like the pop sound a little more with that album. Um, and what's the one? I'm on the bleachers. Remember that one? That was, uh, that's gotta be into her. Pop. You belong you with me. That was fearless. It's uh, ever uh-huh. been mine. That one. No, but no. that's a good one too. <laughs> I bet I would recognize these if I heard them. If I knew any of the words and melodies. I think like earliest Taylor I can remember is, is trouble. I always remember Shake It Off. That's the first one that comes to mind to me. Shake It Off is from 1989 in 2014. You said 1989? Yes. Let me continue. The album, 1989. I was like... What? Straight off the womb, baby. Okay. So fearless. She's like covered in blood and like fucking umbilical fluid. She's like, shake it. It's a number one hit. (laughs) That's disgusting. <laughs> okay, so 2008, she uh, released Fearless that has Love Story and You Belong With Me on it. Much popular. Um, 
And that was really what Wikipedia says catapulted her to mainstream fame. And then after that, she released Speak Now two years later, got a little more rock on it. Um, and then read the next year, or sorry, two years after that in 2012, um, she added some more like electronic elements. So she's like really like evolving through each of these albums that she makes to like sort of transition into something that's not country. Was she always like she always wrote her own music? She, I know that she writes a lot of her own music and I think especially at the very beginning, a lot of her stuff was completely like self-written and like Mm -hmm. self-composed. Um, but, uh, now I'm, I mean, I'm sure like as she got more popular, she kind of outsourced a lot of her songwriting. Um, but that like shocked me when I learned that like a lot of like really famous commercial acts that it's just producers write songs or like they gather songs and they give them to someone to oh, record yeah. over like songwriters. Yeah. yeah. I was like, well, that ain't right. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's like how it worked pre the sixties. It's so weird. <clears throat> it's all about when <laughs> Patty Harrison wrote that song for Dua Lipa. Patty hair. Oh yeah. That, that was a joke. Yeah, I know, but it's oh, just okay. a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> you like, had me, I was like, was that real? <laughs> Nick, I know you haven't watched it yet. I have, but in weird, there's a one of the big jokes is that they take his parodies seriously. Like yeah. they're not funny. They're like really impressive songs. Um, but he he writes Beat It or he writes Eat It. Yeah. And it's an original track. And then Michael Jackson comes out with Eat It. And he's like he's like they're gonna Beat think. It. He comes out with Beat It and he's like, They're gonna think they're gonna think I parodied him. We're talking about your favorite movie. He's like, Is I know, it about I eggs? I don't, What's I don't it like about? You're spoiling it for Nick. Just tell him one joke. That made me laugh so hard, though, when he said, is it about eggs? <laughs> what food is it about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to continue. Shit, hold on. You were talking about Red and how she was incorporating. Yes. Yeah, so Red experimented with electronic elements and featured Swift's first Billboard Hot 100 number one song, We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. Mm-mm. Um, That's a classic. What, what are you disagreeing about? We're never getting back together. I, you know, I'm saying sing it, girl. Oh, okay. Um, she departed from her country image with 1989 and 2014, a synth pop album supported by the chart topping song Shake It Off, Blank Space, and Bad Blood. Um, after that album, after 1989 released in 2014, she had a whole bunch of shit happen in the media. Uh, people were like really criticizing her. She had all that drama with. Uh, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, and I forgot about that. The whole oh yeah, the Kim, the Kanye West thing. The, I'm gonna let you yeah. finish. Yeah. I remember the no, that was after. This was go ahead. What was the Kim Kardashian thing? So Kim Kardashian was married to Kanye West at the time, and so she was also kind of a part of this. She was like, kind of like instigating some of the drama. Um, but Taylor basically something had happened on one of. I think, do not, like, quote me on this, if I'm remembering correctly. Kanye West said something about Taylor Swift on one of his songs. And there had been a conversation, and it was, like, kind of, like, derogatory and disrespectful. And um, (laughs) there had been a conversation beforehand where Kanye allegedly was like hey i'm gonna put this in there and taylor was allegedly like oh yeah haha that would be kind of funny and then she was like 
after the song came out, she was like, that's not cool, dude. That's not, I did not expect you to do that. And it was the whole thing where Kim and Kanye were like very publicly being like, Taylor's a fucking snake. She's lying. And that's why the snake is a motif on the next album, Reputation, that released in 2017 amidst all of this media drama. See, like whether or not, I I'm not, I wouldn't say that this is all like fabricated shit, but like she utilized yeah everything that's ever been said about her and like turned it into raw power. Yeah, that's like that's like Eminem, you know. He, he Eminem's the type who's like whatever fucking gets thrown at him. He's like I'm gonna make an angry rap, and then people are <laughs> like I'll be an angry guy now, <laughs> and then it sells like you know 100 million records. Yeah, yeah. but um, so. She released Reputation in 2017 amidst all this drama. Um, and the number one single was Look What You Made Me Do. Um, Reputation was probably my least favorite album, but I feel like it's like very, you either really love that album or you don't like that album at all. And it's I like just, a real Lady Gaga Jolene situation. What uh, <laughs> what Target songs were on that album? Uh, Look What You Made Me Do. Hold on. Let me. Oh, wait, know. no. I, I meant, I I meant Lady Gaga art pop. Sorry. Yeah, jo- but, but. Jolene's no, what's really her name? Uh, uh, Miley Cyrus covered Jolene. Mm-hmm. Is that what you were thinking of, maybe? No, um, Lady Gaga has an album called Jolene, right? What's that album called? Joanne. Joanne. Thank you. Yeah. That's a really good album. It is really good. What was your question? Who knows Brett? at this point? Target songs on uh, what that do you album. Mean by, what do you mean by target songs? What song would I know from walking around a supermarket on that album that you were talking about? Look what you made me do. Okay. I don't know. I don't. Think <laughs> I I, I don't, don't think that one. that one had as many hits on it because it was so divisive. I think, like I said, people either really loved it or they hated it. Look what you made me do was really the only one I heard like out in the wild. You know what I mean? Yeah. Red is the one. It's like her with like red lipstick on the cover, right? Yes. And then 1989 is like a Polaroid of her as a kid. Yes. Okay. No, not as a kid. It's just a polaroid of her i remember these from when i worked at the bookstore yeah i do think it's cool that she still makes albums you know yeah. like she she makes album as an art form mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's, that's that. kind of rare now yeah yeah it's very important okay so she signed with republic records in 2018 after reputation she released lover and had the documentary miss americana come out um she released our album that we're covering today folklore and then evermore in 2020 amidst the um and those are twinsies yeah they're they're kind of like sister albums um they definitely have very similar vibes um and then midnights in 2022 is her most recent like original album that she just came out with um and then she's also like um re-released those four albums that I talked about earlier um after her dispute with Big Machine Records um and Scooter Braun. I did um, a little reading um because I saw that I was reading like just the Wikipedia page for uh folklore. And so it was the best selling album of twenty twenty. <clears throat> um and it was also like the fastest selling album by a female artist or something. And it was the fastest uh, streamed album on Spotify ever. Yeah. And so <clears throat> she's the only artist to have a number one best selling album three decades in a row. Mm-hmm. 
she had um, three decades in a row. The 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. Holy shit. Let me read this blurb because I think it, it covers a lot of stuff you just So said. really it just means in a, in a within 11 years, 12, right? I mean, yeah, but they are different decades. They are. They are. <clears throat> That's fair. Okay. So um, this is from Wikipedia. With over 200 million records sold globally, Swift is one of the best-selling musicians like ever. She is the most streamed woman on Spotify and Apple Music, the highest grossing female performer ever, and the first billionaire with music as the main source of income. She has been featured in lists such as Rolling Stone's 100 Greatest Songwriters of All Time, Billboard's Greatest of All Time Artists, The Time 100, and Forbes Celebrity 100. Among her accolades are 12 Grammy Awards, including three Album of the Year wins, a Primetime Emmy Award, 40 American Music Awards, including Artists of the Decade 2010s, 39 Billboard Music Awards, 23 MTV Video Music Awards, 3 IFPI Global Recording Artist of the Year Awards, and 111 Guinness World Records. God damn. Swift is also a philanthropist and an advocate of artist rights and women's empowerment. Yeah, but how does folklore stand up in the grand scheme of music? You know, that shit doesn't impress me. Let's find out. When you said she's like the first musician to become a billionaire, like... That surprised uh, me because when we learned about like Sting, who's yeah. like fucking a billion dollars, she's <clears throat> it's a lot, a fucking lot. She's the first billionaire to ever have music be her like top source of income. I guess Sting gets a lot of money from wine. <laughs> Maybe a little. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this one, there this you one's go. called Every Rears or whatever the fuck. <laughs> it's going to be sad. <laughs> I like to call this wine. Put your mother on the phone. I hate him. <laughs> He's not likable. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, she, it, it, if you look at, you know, just the best-selling albums of the 2020s already, it's 2020 Taylor Swift, 21 Adele, but then 21 and, or 22 and 23, just Taylor Swift. You know, she just, every year, if she puts out an album, it's the, you know, nothing can compete with it. I really feel like it was this last year that I realized she was like, fucking Beatles famous. Yeah. It was when it, that tour came through. I was like, last I paid oh. attention, she was just like pop country girl, you know, teenagers kind of liked her and moms liked her too. Yeah. When that tour came through and tickets were selling for like $2,000 and I was like, it's Kansas city. Like who's taking a plane to come to Kansas city to see Taylor Swift concert. Well, we have a you nice know? plaza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you tried Arthur Bryant's? <laughs> Don't look the guy in the eye. <laughs> and give him a plate all right so how about this album folklore what do you guys think of the cover i love the cover it's i think cool. it's awesome it's just your girl tay tay standing in some woods it's like a black metal album cover that's why i like it, it is yeah it's it's coolish it looks like a mirror album cover yeah totally i mean the album's very mirror she's wearing like a, a lot cloak. of ways. yeah <clears throat> she's no, got like a big she's jacket just, she's just wearing a jacket oh still cool you can see, if you look really close, you can see Abbott peeking out from one of the trees in the back. <laughs> He'd ask for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like, crab walks up? <laughs> I need a ride. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think this album cover is really cool. It's really evocative. Um, I think it sets the tone. It's not the first Mirkur comparison I'll probably make <laughs> on this album. I can't say I've ever heard Mirkur. 
I don't think you would like it at all. Does it sound like this album? It's like soft folk pop, but also sometimes black metal. Mm, Yeah. I don't know. That doesn't sound like the worst thing ever. Um, Interesting. Yeah. You guys want to... Why don't we go through this album track by track? Should we... Do you want me to Break discuss? it down and see how it stacks up in the grand scheme of all music? Uh, not yet. We're yes. just going to give our our opinions on each track and then talk about which ones are our general favies and stuff. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Brian, what's, uh, what's the first song called? The first song is called The One. I have this dream you're doing cool shit. Having adventures on your own. You meet some woman on the internet and take her home. We never paid the one. Okay, and what's it about? The one. <laughs> this was this was so. Bronwyn texted me um, like right after she picked this, and she was like, "I put on that Taylor Swift album, and I immediately was like, oh, Max is gonna hate this because <laughs> of the, the lyrics.' It is, it was, just, it is I'm funny. Some new shit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like my eyes kind of. Like rolled a little bit. I was yeah. like, oh my god! <laughs> but um, it's eye rolling. But they're not like bad lyrics. I will say, I think this is like my least favorite song on the whole album. I think this is like kind of a bad opener. I like the rhythm on it. It's I kind of too. like bouncy. It reminds me of uh, actually. I think like the the biggest unique sound on this album is when she does stuff like this, where it's like it's all the folky, uh, you know, instrumentation. And her vocal approach isn't like as wild as this, but rhythmically, it's kind of like a modern R and B, like a Mariah Carey type song. Like, yeah, you know, yeah like, I do you know, know what you mean. I like that. Like, I, I or, or I guess like more contemporary, like kind of like the slow Ariana Grande songs and shit. Like, which are like I don't, I don't think I've ever heard an Ariana Grande song, but yeah, I mean, like it's it's like Mariah Carey, like that style of stuff. But you know, like. Uh, but yeah, I kind of like that sound. I wasn't like expecting it, like based on just like all the hits that I know from her. So I was like, oh, this is kind of neat, you know? And yeah. I mean, it is right away. It's way more laid back than like her high energy radio pop, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You but, can, you can kind of tell just by the way this song is produced that this album's, if it continues this way, it's like, it's way more stripped back than so her normal stuff. Um, Brown didn't really get into it, but this, this album was made during quarantine (laughs) yeah so it was it was kind of a product of her not being able to do her um uh concert series for lover after lover came out um and a, a lot of it explores themes on like escapism and isolationism and what did who, you want to... who produced this album um so it was produced by taylor herself um aaron Dessner from the national and Jack Antonoff from Bleachers. And then her ex-boyfriend, Joe Alwyn, also has a produ- producer credit. We're not going to talk about him, though. There's, like, a sound. You know what I mean? This whole album's got a sound that it sounds like was preconceived. Yeah. You know, like, whoever she teamed up with to make this, they sat down and said, it's going to sound like this. Yeah. like It's yeah. got, like, a lush but small sound, you know? That's just because the, yeah, like, the instrumentation in... It's uh, like and uh, the amount of instruments is stripped back, but it is very like full sounding. They still. like, it's every, like high quality lo-fi. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like when there's when there's strings, they're like pulled back enough that they're an accent to the sound that's adding to it. Yeah, they always sound like they're like about to swell. Yeah, but they don't quite like get there. 
Like yeah, know. I was I was gonna. So this this album, she built a home studio to do it, and then it was files sent, you know, to different people across the country, and so it was like a you know quarantine style, <clears throat> um, which is I mean, it, it for it sounds fantastic, you know. Yeah, which Ron and I were talking she, about. She, uh, probably, I think she's got the money to to make a nice studio. Yeah, her yeah. home studio is probably she can make one in her bathroom and it'd probably sound pretty good. Yeah, yeah but does hers have? Um, <laughs> A She's hot got tub. sound sound dampening tile. Yeah, <laughs> does hers have a hot tub like Yari? <laughs> um, the hot tub will add more RAM. <laughs> the computer. Yeah, um, I won't really. We we talked about this quite a bit when we did um, old Big Scoot. Um, the lyrics on this album are not the kind of lyrics I like, where they're very straightforward. Um, these. Like, these so I don't mean to interrupt. These are so like specific lyrics, and that's just like yeah. It's always her style. She's like, I saw you at the ice cream store, and you said, "Hi, how are you?" You know, it, it's like, <laughs> and I really, turned really away. Fun. Yeah, <clears throat> um, and that it doesn't really click with me every time, but I I can see where she's coming from. You know, I, I think I, that is there is value in that. Obviously, like this album has sixteen songs, so they're like all gonna be judged differently on the lyrical content. But I will say, hearing this album, I think that this is her best lyric approach that I've ever heard. Like at least in terms of hearing the hits and stuff, like this is way more like in depth, I think, and less like obvious, I think, than than the other stuff. Well, and Max and I were kind of talking about this in the car. She basically came out and said, like, now I can use bigger words in my stuff because there's like no one behind me saying, Hey, that's like too like complex. Dumb it down. Yeah. Like basically I was talking about what a fucking bummer that is to be like record labels are like, you have to use smaller words because our audience is fucking stupid. (laughs) Well, and it's words like, like you were saying like kaleidoscope and ricochet and epilogue. Like those are the words that they were like, Hey, you know what? Maybe don't use those words. That just made me feel sad. Yeah. Can you write a song about like a toy house? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like kind of like my my takeaway right away with this first song was like, I like the music. Her voice is fantastic. And I really like her like vocal melodies and the vocal lines she's singing. I don't really care for the lyrics. Um, and that kind of carries that opinion stays the same the whole the whole time. Where like she's got, I love, I love listening to her sing. She's got a great voice, you know. Yeah, I'm with you. This um, this is lyrically one of the more straightforward. She's. It sounds like it's just kind of a breakup song, or mm. I miss, you know, a uh, past relationship kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and she, um, I'm reading the Wikipedia for this album, and it sounds like there is a trio of songs on here that is meant to be like a love story between teenagers. In like just like different parts of their lives from different perspectives, um, and so that's why a few of those sound so juvenile because they're meant to be from the perspective of a juvenile person. No, so Your Honor, these, I was stupid on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> so these songs are all from the perspective of story characters that she's made up, or so a, a few of, of them are. Half? So there's there's the very first one is from that same like the trio. Of the teenagehood stories. Um, and then there's uh, August. Um, and then Betty, towards the very end, are all about teenagers experiencing like a love triangle together. Gotcha. That's sort of. It's, it's all in universe. It's all ca- canonical. Yes. 
And actually, Taylor fun, Swift has really deep lore. Fun fact: um, the three in the in the the love triangle, Betty, James, and um, Inez, are all the names of uh, Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds' kids because they're really good friends. So wow. she put them in her album, huh. and she had the children that having a random. love affair. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Taylor Ryan, I was like, I mean, wait. I don't endorse like the, Ryan Reynolds. The nature. This, like, what the <laughs> fuck? He's like weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one likes her. Yeah. Don't, don't, Taylor don't Swift's talk coming to her over. <laughs> Taylor's coming over. Fuck. Hide the hide the fucking nice glasses. <laughs> she just like likes to put them in her purse. <laughs> wait, where is this going? This bit. Taylor Swift's a fucking drunk and no one likes her. That's what we're saying. What? No, I was saying she just likes to kind of like take things. Oh. She's a klepto. Yeah. That's what you were saying. Maybe kind of a drunk? I don't know. I don't know. They could go hand in hand. Sometimes that, that's true. But anyways, the, the, the next track, Cardigan. This one a lot. This was one of the singles. I think this was the first single. I think yes. this is easily the most catchy song. Um, yeah, this is one of my favorites. Yeah, this one's very. It, I mean, this continues the trend of this is just a very soft, pretty album. Yeah, it does. Melancholy. It does that. That's from the first track. Still, kind of like that modern R and B kind of rhythm to it and stuff. And I like that. I think it's cool. I actually really like the. Uh, there's the, the sample, or maybe it's real. I'm not really sure. It's probably a sample, but the. Uh, snare sound i was just about to talk about it's like (laughs) yeah whenever drums are in this album they're usually pretty far back and there's like a lot of reverb and uh like delay on them there's a lot of reverb on like everything and and i mean that's that's you know that's for me i I love the reverb (laughs) i don't remember which song it is but there's something in my notes here that says something about how she has the uh the like corridor or like cellar uh, echo reverb like plug in like on fucking deck for everything. Like it's she's like, got it's, two of them plugged into each other. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Uh, Brett, I lied to you. I'm sorry. The one is not part of the trio. Cardigan. This one is part of the trio. Got it. She mentions a cardigan in a different song. I noticed that. Yeah, I think it was in um, Betty. All right. Dude, how she fucking funny back. would it be? If, we're like, unraveling the the mysteries. <laughs> you're reading like the liner notes, and it says like like shout out to HM2 Boss guitar pedal. <laughs> death metal pedal <laughs> um yeah i mean uh, we, we we probably can't spend too much time on every song because this is a pop album and there's too many tracks yeah but i do feel like cardigan is one of the standouts yeah i think it's the catchiest one yeah um and that's something i kind of touch on briefly is like i always kind of forget that big commercial pop and like rock albums and, and rap albums they fill these fuckers to the brim mm-hmm they put out, and I was talking about it with Brown and today is like, do you think it's because like they want people to think, well, if I'm going to spend $15 on a CD, I want as many songs as I can get. Probably. And yeah, also like put out as much as you can because you never know if it'll be a hit. Yeah. Like, like and that's the more well, songs you have on an album, the more singles are possibly there. Aren't all the singles already out? Like they're, no, they're, prob- the they're no. probably, but some can come these. after the album, you know, singles can yeah. come out for like a year or two after an album's out. I never understood. I, I know it just depends, but like I never got that process. Mm-hmm. This where singles come from albums. Who picks that? 
And like, I don't know. I mean, some of it's probably done like algorithmically. Some of it's probably like maybe like focus tested for big ass artists like this. It's definitely focus tested and fucking like you have producers and reps and all that shit, like picking out like what they want. And yeah, they probably have like a checklist of like, what song did you like the most? Yeah. I think most artists now just kind of drip feed singles and that's their whole. Yeah. Career. And albums. A lot of the time I'd say that this one's different. But like most of the time with this type of music, like or at least just artists of like this caliber, like they're not meant to be listened to as albums. Like they're they're meant to be no just a sing- hopefully have a few singles on it you like or whatever. And that I mean I guess to get right into it, that's kind of like a major ding for this album for me is that it's too fucking long. It's way too long. I say it's too long, but I don't feel that way about it. I feel like in the when you get to the last like three or four songs, I keep thinking each one's the last one. You know. There was a point where I looked down and it was like, there's six songs left. Yeah. yeah and you're like, like oh, you're like, how's that possible? <laughs> yeah. It's too many. I had to do my notes in sections or really just my listening in sections. I'd pick like five songs and then yeah. like do those over and over again. And it is. It's a lot. It's yeah. an easy listen though. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's nice if you like just are able to tune out and have it in the background. I had this, I had this playing while I was fiddling with my Game Boy today and it was just kind of. It's, yeah, I did it while I was like reading. Yeah. It is fine background music. Yeah. yeah and it all it yeah. kind of runs together, but it's still catchy. You remember all the songs. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's just like chewing on bubble gum. And then the the next song, The Last Great American the Dynasty. Woman this town has ever seen. I had a marvelous time ruining everything. is super catchy um this is one of the more like bouncier closer to like a, i guess a traditional pop song this one sounded more like the old taylor swift stuff that i've heard mm-hmm. like this the, this has like a country storytelling heart yeah i think yeah i think the lyric structure mm-hmm. and the story is very interesting it kind of it kind of makes this one for me the most like story folky song you know uh-huh. or whatever like yeah she's saying this is a story about these people it's the most the part where she starts talking about like pickup trucks and and like cold beer. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Donkey Tonka, Donkey Brown and like fuck. This it's song. a scarecrow again. Yeah, this song is very close to my heart because it's about my family. So it's about Rebecca Harkness who married. Oh yeah, you were talking heir, about this last time. Yeah, the heir to Standard Oil, William Hale Harkness, um, and then he died of a heart attack. Did we and, de- did we determine that this is the Harknesses from uh, Dracula? No. Um, it's the Harkness, uh, Agatha Harkness from WandaVision, actually. Uh, she's from Wondagore Mountain. Thank you very much. Um, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> she trained the Scarlet Witch. Um, so you are related to yes. the last American dynasty? Yeah. What's the story here? Hey, where's that I, money? I mean, I know she tells it. <laughs> and I, and I, <laughs> yeah, let me just recount the I was listening. I know she tells it. So Rebecca was born in St. Louis, Missouri. And she's not she's not a Harkness. William Hale Harkness is the Harkness that I'm related to. Okay. So she was a divorcee and um it was kind of like scandalous that she married William. Um and she wasn't really well liked by most people who knew him who were already in a circle because she wasn't from money and then also because he was new money, very few people liked him. You know, he wasn't old it. money. He was an heir to a younger company. 
Um, and so they were not like well loved, but she especially was kind of hated by the community that they lived in. Um, but they, they bought holiday house, which was Taylor Swift's one of Taylor Swift's homes that she, yeah, I caught that in the end. She, she bought their house or something. And then she was kind of like teasing about fucking everything up, ruining everything. It's, it's kind of like a satire on Rebecca in her kind of like taking Rebecca's place because she is constantly like screwing with things and like creating controversy. New money. She's the new Rebecca. She's because of her parallels. Like because of her parallel like personality. Yes. But then also because she's a woman who has made a name for herself through, um, more controversial means. Like, She's an artist and she's not like well liked by everyone in the industry. And she has a history with some people that is maybe not necessarily like the best history, like with Kanye and Kim, um, you know, she doesn't come from a background of like, like pure, like old money. I've already established myself. So she's new and she is establishing herself as a young woman and it's controversial that she's, doing all of these things. So in that way, she's like Rebecca and she's repeating the cycle with holiday house. And it's just supposed to be this fun, like, I, yeah, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's her relating to the story of the house that she bought. Was this a single? This sounds like a single song. I don't think it was. Are you on the Wikipedia page? The lyrics are a little too on the bottom, right? Under like the album picture and stuff and the information oh yeah no it was not but the next one is i feel like the lyrics in this one are a little too like folksy to be a pop yeah song it's it's huge definitely like an indie pop song yeah nick this incense smells like hot chocolate sometimes well i don't know i'll cut that out don't worry about it (laughs) okay dude the next song is just like so freaking like it's just like really beautiful with his arms around your body Laughing but the joke's not funny at all And it took you five whole minutes To pack us up and leave me with it This song is very, this is very like, like, somber This has that guy in it that I said you look like Bon Iver Bon Iver Bon Iver Is he country guy? No, he's, um, like Icelandic? Isn't he? I'm thinking of Sigur Rós. <laughs> he had a deep, he had a deep like voice. That's completely different. So I, no. And my first thought was, if he was a country guy, I was like, can we get a racist check, please? Because the last time that we had one of those, it was Morgan Wallen on the little dirt. Dude, no. Bronwyn uh, sent me a fucking. That was a fucking can. Right of after he got in trouble for yelling the n-word at Applebee's or whatever. <laughs> what? <laughs> Applebee's. Yeah. Who? This that that video you sent me last night. Someone made like an edit of one of his songs. It was like, I love sucking on. Mom's fingers. <laughs> it's so funny. I was oh like, yeah, I have that saved. I should. I was like, this is the dude that later. got in trouble for saying the N word, and now he's famous again because no one cared. That song that he did with Little Derek, I remember just being like, "This is one of the worst things I've ever heard." <laughs> <laughs> this guy's uh, look does not match his voice. I'm I'm looking at pictures of Boney there. He doesn't look like Brett Bronwyn. Um, I Maybe it see- was because you were wearing a beanie that one time, and you're wearing a beanie now. I can see it here. He's also kind of like balding. And 
I'm sorry. It wasn't meant to be like a negative parallel. Yeah, no, Brett, you look like shit. <laughs> I look at this guy and he's fucking <laughs> horrid looking. <laughs> he looks like fucking sauce from the Goonies. <laughs> his, his real name is Justin I'm Vernon. so sorry. <laughs> no, he's, yes. just, he's a guy with a blonde beard and no, I don't. white guy features. Today I, I learned that. that Bon Iver is a band. Yes, it's a it's a band, oh. but he is very commonly just called Bony Bear. A Blondie situation. Yes. <laughs> if I met anyone who said the front woman of Blondie is Blondie, I'd deck them right then and there. That's is she blonde? A most people. She's super blonde. Listen, Bronwyn. I don't remember. One day you will respect Debbie Harry and Blondie. I'm sorry. I don't. Oh, you know what? I You said Debbie Harry and in my mind. Yes, she's blonde. Think about Birdman. Okay. Put some respect on her name. I don't hate Debbie Harry. I just prefer Hart. What is it? What, where's this conversation even coming from? We've I, had so many arguments about whether Blondie or Hart is the better <clears throat> band. And he maintains totally that Blondie is better. <laughs> and Blondie it's, is better I, than Hart. Blondie is it a feels, good band. It feels just um, like sexist to put those two together just because of yeah max yeah honestly i hate women <laughs> this isn't new <laughs> that's not funny and i don't stand by it <clears throat> on taylor swift's episode maxwell taylor i'm so sorry don't apologize to your wife apologize to taylor swift who's got more money listen to us you know what? Fair. <laughs> two episodes when bronwyn wasn't here were all like yeah <laughs> 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 Eggs. <laughs> okay, we're talking about exile. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that you know this song is a is a nice duet, just very uh, stripped down and emotive song. And uh, I like the strings at the end a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. I uh, the guy's voice kind of smooths out a little bit, but like right at the beginning, it's a little weird. It's right? a little weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he he's a fine singer. And when he's doing like the duet harmonies, it works pretty well. Yeah, they start like echoing each other and stuff. Uh-huh. It's like that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's definitely not what I expected Bon Iver to sound like. And again, because I've been thinking of Sigur Rose this whole time, um, but that v- very deep singing voice. I've never heard of Bon Bon Iver. He yeah, surprised me. Um, not he doesn't sound like that on all of his songs. Um, he has oh god, what is he that sounds song? like a country singer on this. Yeah. You know what? Um, I wanted to make sure we didn't have another Morgan Wallen situation. <laughs> Roslyn, I think, is the name of that song that's on. We can't afford another Twilight. Morgan Wallen. We can't afford another. One. <laughs> Two Every time thousand. we release an episode, we owe money. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got anything else on Exile? I liked it. I it was actually not a song that I liked before we like started listening to this to review it. Mm-hmm. I just, just didn't really care you. for it. Yeah, exactly. I, I just like, and I think it was his voice at the very beginning. I would hear it and then be like, well, I don't know about this one and then skip to the next one. And it really didn't make sense to me why it was a single, but listening, so this, <laughs> it's funny what listening to a song all the way through does. How many singles uh, were from this album? Three. So there's, um, there was Cardigan, Exile, and then Betty was also. Interesting. Which I would not have pegged Betty for one of the singles. I don't think so either. You could pick any of these and it'd do fine. But Betty is so like. There's no like. I I mean, they're all like Taylor Swift songs, you know? But I thought it was so like tonally different from the rest of the album. And like, 
also i felt well i should just save this never mind because we're going to talk about betty later we made we made a joke about it in the car but like exile is like a song for people like my sister where it's just like a it's like a fucking hosier song where it's like yeah you were like my homeland and now i'm like exiled and big and like soulful and sad you yeah. know i can see it latching on to people yeah okay what's next my tears ricochet I didn't have it in myself to go with grace And so the battleships will sink beneath the waves Which, the, the title's funny to me because I just think about her like machine gun crying tears and then like bouncing off. I think the title is, is kind of evocative and cool. I think it's funny. I like it. I think it's fine. I like the... This one is really ethereal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone heard the new Mirkur album. <laughs> because, yeah, this is, I, I really like those uh, backing vocals that, you know, they're throughout the track, but they start off the song and stuff, and it's super ethereal-ish, and uh, yeah. it literally sounds like the last track on that Vulcan song uh, Mirkur record that came out, like, right before this. <laughs> like, it's, the intro is her going, like, you know, fucking... Like or whatever, and I'm like, this is like the same key or something. Like it's like, <laughs> it's it's good though. I like it. This is actually like the one that I put. I, I just my only nomination, but I thought this one was a banger. This is my favorite it's, song. It's interesting. You hear like angelic choir sounds, and it takes you right to this black metal album you heard last year. It's not. Black it's metal. not black metal. It's like a. It's like it's a, a the, the, that folk album. that record is just like a pure folk album. Yeah, I'm into it. What were you pointing at me for? Well, I was going to say the Wikipedia uh, describes this song as an icy arena goth song. <laughs> I hear the goth. That's fair. Yeah. I actually said arena I think goth it, is, it is not a thing. It was. There's no it's way. a fucking thing. Arena no goth? Arena goth? That's the cure. It, it has its own. Goth, yeah. It has its own Wikipedia page. Arena goth. Is it just the cure then? Like what? What Let's is that? Find Bauhaus out. is selling out stadiums. Oh, arena uh, like arena about, rock. Yeah. How about goth the cult? Music. Yeah. I get it, but like I'm just like. What is Back in the, the day. Like, <laughs> like, is there a substantial enough <laughs> body of arena goth work? Well, and it's like calling Rush Arena Prague. Like, it, I mean, I that would work. Is it though? I guess I this is actually this. I think it was this song at the end of it. I said to you, I wouldn't hear Taylor Swift do a goth album because she does a yeah. gothy little outro. Yep. And I love goth. For some reason, it sounded condescending. A gothy little outro. No, it's cool. And I'm like, Tay Tay, give me that. Give me that goth. There you go. Now you know she did. Arena I do. God. I do agree. Arena God. What's cool <laughs> in this song too is like, kind of during the climax in the in the last third of it, there's like, the drums are like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like super reverby and and effects heavy. It's just it's it all layers and it sounds fucking tight. It is cool. Yeah, Nick, I agree with you. This one is like definitely up there. <laughs> yeah, I like this one too. You guys want to talk about balls? Cheryl Crow vibes on this one. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this yeah, is this the one, one this I one was has saying. The country spirit again. Yeah. yeah. I was saying this one sounds like a lot of like late nineties, early two thousands. That kind of like dreamy pop we had at the time. Mm-hmm. Like I could feel. I. I. This just very is very evocative of the late nineties to me. Name uh, an example. Can't do it. Can't. But it sounds like that music to me. 
And I got I got Cheryl Crow hardcore on this one. Sure, big time yeah. Cheryl yeah. Crow for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this one to me, like I, I don't really I don't really have much notated on the actual song. I, it's just like at this point, like in the album, it's kind of like a like a cool down song. Just almost. a vibe. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like I mean, you know. This this is one of my favorites, I yes. think. I love the vocal harmonies. Mm-hmm. And like the lyrics are are catchy and interesting, I think. I had it. Uh, this is one where she says, "I stand on my tallest tiptoes." It sounds like she sounds like, sounds like she says, "I stand on my toilet tiptoes." <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll fall in. <laughs> <laughs> I love this song. This one is probably my favorite on one of my favorites on the album. Are you gonna hollow bangers it? You can get two votes. It's right now, definitely. Right? I won't. I'm not gonna start it, but I'll do it if you do it. Brownie, you're not limited to only one hollow banger. But I already we made the rules too hard. No one wants to do them. Yeah, like I want to like save it. I it's a potential. You can have as many halls of bangers as you want. Yeah, okay, this one is definitely for me right. a hall of banger. But I also like I I really this song is so sad. It like it just makes me feel really sad to listen because it's very like um I was thinking about it earlier. It's very like eldest daughter core. <laughs> like <laughs> nothing's ever been more specific than that well i'm an eldest daughter okay so i would know the core it's very like um i'm gonna do everything in my willpower to make everything good for everyone around me at the expense of myself and she's like she's describing herself as like she's objectifying herself quite literally she's calling herself a disco ball she's like let me like let me do everything that I can to make you happy and, and look good to yourself and like enjoy a moment that I create for you at the expense of myself. And like, that's just so fucking real, man. That is sad. It's so fucking like, it like makes me cry. Like want to cry to think about it. Doesn't that make it a better song? Yeah, no, it fully does. It fully does. Uh, put an asterisk. This is a two out of four banger. So it goes in a separate list. <laughs> um we have like nine more tracks to talk about. <laughs> okay. Um the next song is seven. Sweet tea in the summer, cross my heart won't tell no other. And though I can't call your face, I still got love for you. Pack your dolls and uh, I do not like that. <laughs> this is real Natasha Bedingfield. In the summer. Oh I, yeah, me and you were gonna go to war with Brown against this one because it's about sweet tea. Brown likes sugar in her tea, and we don't. I love. Uh, I like a little sugar in my tea, Max. Oh shit, not a lot. A little. Nick, will you stand with me? What? Do you like sweet tea or unsweetened tea? I, I guess I like sweet tea. Fuck. One man against all. Max, I'll tell you, ninety-nine percent of the time, I'll drink an unsweetened. But on a Sunday, you can't stop me from putting a spoonful of sugar in there. Sometimes, you know what? Makes the medicine go down. Sometimes if you get a tea at like a restaurant and they've got the two thingies, I'll put a little bit of sweet in there sometimes. I don't touch the pink stuff. I don't touch the blue stuff. I'm all white stuff. (laughs) Fair. Um, So I don't really like this song that much. I think this is where her like cadences and... uh, melodies kind of start to wear thin i don't know she kind of has patterns i don't know if you guys have kind of noticed that this yeah. is like one of the points where the album kind of like flips over and starts again almost this is kind of yeah. in the middle of the 
part where it's like just kind of like there's there's a bit of a, a blur for me. Mm-hmm. It's uh, like driving through Kansas. Yeah. yeah. Like, like towards Colorado. It's, it's like, just like every, the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And then you see the windmills and you're like, oh. Yeah. And then it's just boring again for yeah. the next several hours. Yeah. I love this song though. This one's also one of my favorites. And it's one that I listened to quite a bit before we chose this album. Mm-hmm. Just like on my own. Um, I like it. It's very evocative of my own childhood. And it's just a nostalgic. Which I'm reading it and it says... Uh, it's a song reminiscing about an abused friend from her childhood. So it's not like necessarily like nostalgic in that way. Mm-hmm. But it's the bad kind of nostalgic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's traumatic. Yeah, trauma. Yeah. Um, but it's it's like I, I got like the cute little play pirate stuff. You know, th- those are the lyrics I heard. You like they're they yeah. playing pirates. Uh, well, the lyrics are. I do that still. I've been meaning to tell you. I think your house is haunted. Your dad is always mad, and that must be why. And then she uh, was like, "I think you should come live with me, and and we can be pirates. And then you won't have to cry or hide in the closet." Casey, God, I didn't know I this was whole, about. The rest I of thought this sense. was about like a quirky yeah. like boyfriend girlfriend thing. You no. were like, you were like, yeah, Captain Hook. No, it's about <laughs> being friends with a, a little girl Arr. with little. <laughs> Pigtail braids, who is f- fully experiencing an abusive relationship with her with her father, and is this autobiographical? Do we know? Well, it just says she's reminiscing about a friend from her childhood in Pennsylvania, who she cannot fully remember, but still has fond memories of. Um, but is also recognizing that there were, you know, um, aspects of that girl's life that were. Not scary right. and sad and yeah well dang <laughs> are we ready are we, are we ready august. for august <laughs> on this one starts off like super lo-fi mm-hmm. and then it uh, kicks into like the normal lush sound and it kind of goes back and forth a couple times it's a neat aesthetic choice at this point in the album i think i, I didn't notice it grab my attention back in like i said it was kind of in like the wave of it starts to blur and then this one i was like oh that sounds different it's kind of cool i think this is one of those songs where like i said i'm starting to like kind of tune out you know and this is one that could easily be removed and, you know, the album would be no worse off. I would keep this one just because it's so fucking, like, sugary. Yeah. yeah. It's like so this goddamn catchy. Yeah. yeah. I like this one. But there's, I feel it's like, like there's... Tiny Tim. I feel like there's, like, six other songs that sound the same as this one on the on the record. Uh, Maybe. I mean, yes. But also, it's just about, like, the chorus, you know? And yeah. The, the beat. And it's a little different, and it's, it sticks in your head. Yeah. Because we're talking about this is me trying... This is the one where I said uh, she's got that stairwell echo reverb plug-in on standby. <laughs> yes, uh, I do like the the chorus on this one quite a bit, and yeah. um, again, like I've said it on a few songs, but the, the strings are a really nice touch. I like them anytime they show up. Yeah, yeah. She's got like, this. Oh, go ahead. She's got like a hundred layers on her voice, and they're all drenched in reverb, and it sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah. 
This is um, autumn time bedroom goth. This one's yeah. pretty goth. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> well, it's smoking clubs in your bed. It's a song about um, an alcoholic who's admitting that they are feeling inadequate in their relationships. So it's sad. Yeah. God damn it. These are all sad. <laughs> Taylor's smile. This, How about this, that? Uh, what? How about smile, that, Taylor? You'll look prettier. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Okay>. my God. <laughs> this is satire, guys. Come on. Dude, I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you tag me in. Jesus. Uh, um, This song, I feel like, is a little too repetitive. Really? Yeah. It's kind of just like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, done. Illicit affairs? Leave the perfume on the shelf that you picked out just yeah. for him. Uh, <laughs> like the so little bird chirp harmonies always <laughs> doing in the background. It's kind of fun. Uh, the lyrics on this one made me really sad. Uh, I don't know. Just a kind of a depressing song. <laughs> this one feels kind of back to like singer songwriter roots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of guitar and lady. I want to bring out telling a story type of thing. A specific lyric that confused me. She says, "I'll leave the perfume on the shelf, or leave the perfume on the shelf that you picked out just for him, so you leave no trace behind, like you don't ex- even exist." Yeah. What is that? If you if you're leaving your perfume on the shelf, yeah, she's not putting she's, it on. She's not using it. Yeah. Like leaving it on the shelf. Oh, I was thinking she yeah. was like leaving her perfume on his shelf. No, no, like okay. just not putting it on. Yeah, yeah, that's sad. Yeah, it is sad. But it's, I mean, it's also a song where the narrator themselves is like they're like cheating. Yeah. yeah. Listen, she probably had a reason. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. We don't know. It's just sad. It's like you know, it's just a song about like a deteriorating relationship of a relationship and stuff and it's yeah. just like it's just messed up and sad and <laughs> i feel like she could have made two albums one is kind of like a gloomy country pop album and one would be like Pirates. this goth pirate album you know what i mean yeah and it would have been two stronger albums maybe yeah i feel i wonder if like she could have uh kind of taken the best songs from this one and the best ones from Evermore and had a really solid double album, you know, instead of uh, 40 songs. Well, I think she, she kind of intended for folklore to be kind of like a collage kind of where everything, it's not all like one cohesive sound or one cohesive theme or anything like that. It's kind of just a visiting of, of many different stories within like a broader overarching feeling you know what i mean so it wasn't it's not meant to be super cohesive and it's not meant to be like uh like a smooth listen through all the way it's kind of like a it's kind of like a bunch of different stories sharing similar soundscapes you know what that i mean that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah the through line is definitely the the instrumentation mm-hmm. it's really really similar on every song mm-hmm yeah, it doesn't. No, no song really on this album feels like out of nowhere or out of place or whatever. You know, it all flows pretty well together. I, I, for me, it's just the length of it. Like, yeah. cut it in two, and you know, I, you could still do this back and forth kind of different styles thing, but uh, or different themes. Trim it down. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I, I totally get that. I feel like the last time I can even think of like a 
major artist releasing a short album was when Lady Gaga released The Fame Monster, which was only like eight songs. That was like an EP, though. Yeah, it was still technically an EP. No, it was a full-length album. That she included it with the album afterwards. Uh, Nuh-uh. Yeah. Uh, Nuh-uh. This is two against one. You know, I'm used to standing alone. (laughs) You do stand alone. (laughs) Big time God smack head over here. Dude, I had all those CDs. (laughs) He stands alone. He fucking he definitely does. John Schaefer in federal prison. Yeah, he lost us. <laughs> yeah. So long, man. Um, <laughs> next song, Invisible String. Hell was the journey, but it brought me heaven. Time, wondrous time. Give me the blues and then purple pink skies. And it's cool. Um, probably my favorite one. Really? Mm-hmm. I think she's got a real knack for the uh, story songs. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, yeah, that's just one thing I noticed that, uh, by the time I got to this one where I was like, oh, her flow of, like, distilling the information, like, in the context of telling a story through a song, she's really good at that. Yeah. And and I appreciate that as well. It's just it's more engaging, especially if you're using, like, a really kind of basic song structure like this album does over and over again. Like, telling a story in an interesting way is fun. It's um, it's like so personal. It's like probably why people like Bob Dylan and and Kurt Cobain. You know, like she's. It feels like she's letting you into her world. Yeah, I did have a note on one of the lyrics where she talks about seeing a guy working at a yogurt shop in high school, and uh, it made me go. Did Taylor Swift grow up in fucking Riverdale? Like what the fuck? <laughs> is she? Grew up in a Pennsylvania Christmas tree farm. He was so. down at the malt shop, kind of, <laughs> or whatever the fuck. I just like the plucky. Uh, yeah, it's like a this. mandolin or something. Yeah, it's like plucky and upbeat, but it's still got that that melancholy to it. It's just a it's a catchy, cool instrumentation that I like a lot. Yeah. Very like ethereal song. Yeah. Um, this would be a good uh, like montage scene where the main character is like looking out over a sunset or something. I didn't write that down, but that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> like, like maybe not the same scene, but I was like montage song of like, like, a, like, <laughs> like the main character just broke up with their significant other, but it's like not a bad thing. They've got like a big cardigan on and they're like, kind of got like their arms crossed, like keeping it together. And it's the second like, act slump looking around. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the next song, mad woman, What did you think I'd say to that? Does a scorpion sting when fighting back? I don't know if we can talk about this one because this is the one that she says the F word more than once. Oh, I thought you were going to say it triggers you that women are mad. That actually, you've triggered me. <laughs> um, deserve to be mad. <laughs> I do like the, the kind of... Uh, I like how she sounds more angry in this one. Yeah, I was gonna say there's like a I don't want to say dark, but there's a almost bit of like a, she's mad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd say it makes this sense. Is, it, in contrast to the other songs on this album, this song's really dark. Yeah, it's kind of a welcome changeup. And she's talking about like scorpions and striking and shit. That's cool. It's very cool. It made me think of Mortal head. Kombat. I like that. <laughs> You're really mean, Taylor. Keep it up. Has she always like swore in her albums? No. So this Not is always. this is well, truly dark. You have to remember, she maturing. started making music when she was fourteen years old. So, yeah. so no, did she Aaliyah under like a she, major giant label. I don't that. know when she swore in her music for the first time. Actually, I don't know. I feel like it was probably like Red. 
You she know. was feeling red. She was like, you bet your gosh darn rear end. I'm going to was like, Taylor, you can't. <laughs> and she said, frick off. Don't do it. She um, stubbed her toe and she went, frick. <laughs> gosh. <laughs> this one goes out to all those frickin' a-holes out there. Those fricks. <laughs> I'll see you in H-E double hockey stick. <laughs> she gets tackled by security. This is when she was like 29. <laughs> Not long ago. <laughs> You guys got anything else about Mad Woman? Um, I will say it's kind of the the story in it is a metaphor for the issues that she was having with um, Scooter Braun and Scott Porchetta at Big mm. Machine Records. So it's kind of like a big fuck you to them. Um, and then also just the general sexism of uh, like the disparity between them and the you know i like the lyrics a lot I, I, it's it's yeah. a good like yeah it, it's a good call out to yeah just how women are treated yeah. yeah i think dynamically this song is is a bit different from the rest of the album too i still think it flows with everything else but uh it is kind of a little bit of a change up like all around which is cool mm. yeah this would be a keeper for me on on brett's cut edition yeah yeah, yeah. Brett's version. version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brett's version actually sold no copies. <laughs> it sold one copy to Brett. You he, I love he the, paid money for you it. You dub over a few of her lines. <laughs> <laughs> I love the concept. The lyrics I disagree with. Yeah. Of like folklore, Brett's version. <laughs> <laughs> I take out all the cusses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're placing with fricks. And, uh, Frick you forever. Frick you. I'm on some new stuff. <laughs> or, I'm on clear, some new crap. Just clearly a dude, a dude's voice. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got stuff for uh, Epiphany. Epiphany. I, I put that was like a war song. Yeah, it's it's about um, the devastation of the pandemic, and then also a callback to her grandfather's time in the military. Yeah, it got me like a. There were some lyrics on there, like I, I didn't ever actually read along with this particular song, but uh, it got me a little goosebumpy. Yeah, it's like oh, it's like, it's, I what I got from not reading the lyrics but hearing parts, I got of like. Uh, like a paramedic showing up and yeah. holding someone's hand as they die because you can't do anything to save them. Yeah. I think the, the lyric like structure of this song is probably like the strongest part because it just, uh, again, with like the storytelling aspect stuff, like she just presents it in a very like engaging way where you're kind of like hanging on to see, like, like I said, I didn't even read the lyrics on this one, but I, uh, you know, was constantly paying attention and being and like intrigued at what she was going to say. And it's just a, it's a very pretty song. Yeah. I will say this is one of the ones where I see the title. I'm like, what, what's that one? I don't know what that one is. Yeah. I didn't associate a lot of these with the, the name of maybe like a handful of them, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But I remember them like once I start. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and, and this is, you know, a testament to how good she is at, at writing these kind of hooks and stuff. As soon as, as soon as like whatever it is kicks in, you're like, oh, it's that one. Yeah. You remember it immediately, the whole thing, you know? This one, uh, I do think is really pretty. Really beautiful sounding. 
but it's kind of in and out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it kind of, uh, I think the pacing for the for this album, I think it slows it down too much. Yeah, because there's like no beat this whole song, and that's not a bad thing, but it's like the farthest extreme of that ethereal sound. Yeah, yeah. We're getting close to the end, guys. Betty, Betty. But if I just showed up at your party, would you have me? Would you want me? Would you tell me to go fuck myself or lead me to the garden? In the garden, would you trust me if I told you it was just a Speaking of cusses, my first, my first note was harmonica. Brett Michaels making on this one. <laughs> That's so fucking Bob Dylan. It's like a Bob Dylan copy paste. I just remember us talking about Brett Michaels on the harmonica. On, <laughs> was there a harmonica on? Yeah, well, we had a joke because on the album credits, he was listed as doing harmonica before guitar. <laughs> and there's like, you hear like a... <laughs> That's the whole Now, I'm okay at guitar, but I fucking rip at harmonica. <laughs> He's just like... No. Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, uh, this one to me, I kind of feel like how you were just talking about the last one, Brad. Um, it this to me sounds more like a, a stereotypical or a typical uh, Taylor Swift song, uh, just with like you know the more folky band, and it's kind of in one ear out the other for me. Yeah, like, I have like nothing to say about this one. It's just kind of I'm sure like with Bronwyn saying that this one was part of the. Uh, the trilogy of songs on this one. I'm sure lyrically it's probably more interesting, but this is another one that like I never the last like five tracks on this one, I didn't like I didn't like purposefully read the lyrics, you know? Yeah. Like it was just like I, I think I was just kind of the the lyrics on this one did catch my attention. The line, the worst thing I ever did was what I did to you or something. Mm-hmm. That yeah. that kind of made me want to listen to the the tea, you know, she's spilling the gossip. Mm-hmm. Um I still don't really understand what it's about. Like she bullied some little girl or something. So and, and again, it's probably not autobiographical. This so, one. No, this one is one of the trilogy with the teenagers. So it's from James's viewpoint. He cheated on Betty and, uh, his little sister. And Veronica. Um, and, uh, Inez is also a part of it. <laughs> I don't know exactly how that triangle worked, but, um, it's basically him being like, I cheated on you and now I don't know where I stand with you. And like, I, I, I like this one because it is so close stylistically to her older stuff, like her, her like fearless and Taylor Swift, um, like those albums that sound, this is very much that, but this is also probably my least favorite song on the album. I just am not, it was it, so jarring to hear it right after Epiphany. It does harken back to that because there's like the steel guitar in the background. Mm-hmm. Quick question. Yeah. Is Taylor Swift her real name or is that a stage name? Yeah. Her name is Taylor Allison Swift. Interesting. Yep. Swift is a good last name, to, yeah, especially is. to be famous. Yeah. Yeah. What about Slaughter as a last name? That's badass. That's so cool. Taylor Allison Slaughter. Honestly, Ravenscroft is is top of the heap. That is really I good. got very lucky mm-hmm. with that name. That's real good. What are you going to do with it? <laughs> Sell it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> I ruined my whole family. Well, I'm doing that anyway, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next track. Suddenly the summer, it's clear. I never had the courage of my convictions. As long as danger is near 
and it's just around the corner, darling. Is a pretty song, and I always think it's the end of the album. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. the next song is very similar. It should be. Yeah, I, I really like the intro to "Peace." Um, there's a lot of cool, like melodic playing and stuff on the string instruments, and uh, it builds an atmosphere really well. But yeah, by this point, like especially listening through the whole thing, I'm like, I'm done by now. Like, yeah, you're like t- exhausted. <laughs> that repeaty the like synthesizer thing that that's like the ding, 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 yeah ding, 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 i yeah. kept thinking like my dogs were fucking with something because <laughs> i have headphones in and i was like what the fuck is that yeah after a while it just blends into the universe yeah. you know yeah it's just ambient like house destruction noise yeah <laughs> the song she also- was getting into her noise influence there <laughs> a little bit dude there is one of my favorite <laughs> some bauhaus shit going on there was a fucking I was listening to a, a new black metal album and there was a, I was at work and an air conditioner is malfunctioning in a room I was painting. And I kept thinking like, this is like a weird drum beat for this song. <laughs> and then like someone came in and was like, Hey Max, can you come help me? And I took my headphones out and I was like, Oh, it was the air conditioner. <laughs> How about when a fucking song has a cop siren? Oh my God. I hate that. Radio ads do that. Yeah. That's bullshit. This song <clears throat> is also sad. Um, it's about how, uh, well, I think it's it's specific to romantic relationships, but I think it applies more broadly, especially when you are so like such a celebrity or you have so much celebrity, so much popularity, like you can't ever really guarantee peace for the people that you let into your life. Like there's always going to be it's the Spider-Man conundrum. Yeah. Like how do you guarantee that the people that you are close with are going to be able to have a normal relationship with We were you. literally just watching Spider-Man 2 and Bronwyn was like, why doesn't like why doesn't he just tell Mary Jane that he's Spider-Man? And I was like, do you understand the danger he would well, be putting but her? Why, I would, also, why would Miley Cyrus tell the world she's Hannah Montana, you know? I feel Same like reasons. though Mary Jane isn't going to go fucking talking about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Bronwyn Better to paint a target on her back, Bronwyn. Yeah, but how is she going to... Wait, how is anyone else going to know if she's the only one who knows? She's dating Harry. Do you remember what happened to Gwen? No. What? that's right. What happened? Fucking Green Gobby threw off a bridge. Green Gobby. How did she die? To be fair. Not in the the Raimi-verse. To be fair, he didn't know that it was... They were, like, together. Still. He still killed. Well, she's not Gwen in the Raimi-verse. of him dating her. Is Gwen, Gwen a different person? Gwen is in the Raimi-verse. She's uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, yeah. Plays her in the third she's movie. In the third one, yeah. I don't, rem- I don't he, think I've ever seen takes, the third one all the way through. He takes her really out bad. on a date to uh, try to shove her in Mary Jane's face. The oh. worst part of all those movies. Yeah. He's, uh, that's the one where he has like the bad, the black yeah. venom Spider-Man dude. She's yeah. got the blonde bangs and like thigh high boots. That's her look. Okay. She kisses Peter at she had like, the, the OG bump it. Oh shit! I remember her now. And then Emma yeah. Stone, yeah, and then Emma Stone played her in the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Yeah, yeah, she died. That's that's sad. <laughs> we talked about that on one of the none of my friends like comics episodes, and I was talking about how in the original story, like after that happens, and Spider-Man's like, oh, I, like in trying to save her, I snapped her neck on accident, and then Green Goblin's just like. Don't blame yourself, Spider-Man. I I did that. Uh, you know, a fall from that would have killed her anyway. Like, or whatever. And you're like, why is he trying to comfort him? <laughs> it's like really weird. It's okay, Peter. <laughs> yeah. Not all bad. Plus, he wanted the credit. You know? I, I'm sure, I but, like, but like, but like, he's really reaching there. <laughs> 
Um, it's like, hey, man, we've all lost loved ones. <laughs> yeah, like, like, <laughs> you, can, you can call me anytime. Back on topic. Do you guys want to move on to the final track, Hoax? My kingdom come undone. My broken drum, you have beaten my heart. Yeah, um, uh, these last two songs should have been cut. Like the riffs are so repetitive. I don't. Yeah. I don't actually mind this it's, one. It's not bad. I don't mind this one as a closer because it has that like those the swelling strings at the end is kind of like a nice like cap off. Like, yeah. You know? It's it's got its thing and yeah. like it's kind of like a music boxy lullaby feel, but like it's just I feel like we're really dragging now. For sure, in the context of like the whole album, but like it, like. Viewing it as like just a, a song, like if I just turn this song on, you know, or whatever. The thing that I take away from this one is I just think that the lyrics are kind of cool. Like they, uh, mm-hmm. they, uh, they're presented in a way where it's like if you read them, like just without the music and stuff, it's like, oh, this is kind of just like a cool poem or something, you know? Like it's. Well, it's, I guess if we were rating songs, you could do that, Nick, but we're rating the album. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm I fucking understand. tired of it by now, too. All right. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I've got. <laughs> I've like. <laughs> I completely tuned out at this point just because I feel like peace feels like the last song. I was like, where's the werewolf hospital, you know, of this record? <laughs> Are we talking about hoax? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember anything about hoax. I'm not going to lie. That's fine. Let's move on. <laughs> so that's it. That's it. Overall thoughts. Uh, Nick, you start. Okay. Um, uh, I think that this is really cool that the biggest musical act in the world has an actual like expressive artistic side. Um, I've like I said I, I've always respected Taylor Swift for how she has like handled herself in the music industry, and this makes her more of like an actual artist in my eyes. I guess you know, yeah. um, not that I ever like was like oh you know she you know doesn't do anything or whatever like but I'll uh, buy her album so I can shit on it. Yeah, I'm about to release a bombshell it? recordings of Nick over the last 15 years talking shit about Taylor Swift and her artistry. This is by far the most I've ever talked about Taylor Swift. <laughs> You're gonna be canceled along with Kanye. I guess, yeah. Me and Kanye. <laughs> it's a fucking bad crew to be on. <laughs> you don't want to be the, you you the only one associated with Kanye. <laughs> but uh, you know, there's lots of good songs and a cool atmosphere. You know, pleasantly surprised by this record. I think the biggest weaknesses. Uh, well, the biggest weakness by far is uh, way too many tracks and a lot of them kind of lack their own identity because they flow together so much. And that can work for an album experience, but these are all so short that I don't feel like they get a chance to uh, make a giant impact on this huge track list, you know? And to add to the negatives, there are no left turns in these songs. You could start every track and play the first 20 seconds, skip to the last 20 seconds, and it's going to be one of two things. It's going to be the same thing that you heard in the first 20 seconds, or it's going to be a full, slightly more dynamically ranged version of whatever you heard in the first 20 seconds. I feel it's, like- it's just not surprising. And that's okay. Like, you know, she obviously works well in, like, the pop structure and whatnot and can write a good song in that context. And honestly, like, most of these songs work for me, you know, to create, like, a pretty cool album experience, I guess. It's just, like I said, just too long. And, you know... Some of the songs I wish could breathe more don't get that chance because they're stuck in that three and a half to four minute spot, you know, and then some of them I'm like, oh, even at three and a half or four minutes, this is 
the same thing or going on for way too long. <laughs> and so, but I felt pretty like, you know, pleasantly surprised by this. I ended up giving it a 64. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's pretty solid. I think. Yeah. Let me put that, put that in a note. Nicholas. Okay. Um, I would say for me, this was uh, <clears throat> definitely like a pleasant surprise in that I liked a lot of what I heard. Um, we kind of established pretty early on that this album is way too long and it's, it's definitely for me at least this is this is background music this is music to have on while like i'm doing other stuff this isn't really an album to focus on outside of a select few songs but i mean the songwriting is you know impeccably catchy and, and like tasteful and well done the musicianship is top notch um the production is is like phenomenal um we've touched a lot on the on that i mean that reverb is just like mwah. You know, it's so good. Um, but this album is is way, way too fucking long. Like cut like fifteen minutes off of it. And I think it's a still long, but but decent. Um I don't know if I would ever like listen to this again or seek out other Taylor Swift stuff, but I was uh surprised by, you know, this was this was really good. I like this a lot. So I gave it a seventy. Wow. Yeah. Bit an ass. <laughs> Bull rat. <laughs> <laughs> you caught that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel the exact same way as you guys. Like this, these are all good songs by any standard, by any unit of measurement. These are just great, catchy little songs, and like, ain't nothing wrong with them. And they're they're actually really thoughtful and artistic too. Um, there's just too dang many. Yeah. Um, I think if they were cut down and and the strong ones really remained, it would be you know a better experience. But as it stands, you put this on in the background and, you know, 45 minutes flies by. So it does what it's supposed to do, mm-hmm. I think, in every way. Um, I will give it a 70. Wow. My goodness. Wait, what did you give it? 64. Oh. So, wow. Bronwyn, what you want to do is start. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Nick? <laughs> Bronwyn, you want to start with the year it came out. So you're at 2020. All right. Let me bump it up. I'm just kidding. Continue. Um, I mean,. This is, this contains music that I listen to, not like on a regular basis, but like regular enough that I know like the words to some of these songs and um, like I'll sometimes like get the urge to listen to a few of the songs, but I definitely agree. This was too much. Like the, it was too dense. Um, There was too much too it was too long there's too much to pay attention to like as far as like the length of the album um but everything was very palatable um you know it's a very easy album to put on and just have on in the background for an hour while you're just you know going about your business um and there's definitely like like i've said in a few of the different songs there's um themes and and stories that are very relatable to me and so in in that sense I can see parts of the album that are very personal to me and I I appreciate that in an album um and that's really what draws me to a lot of of music is when I can personally draw relation to it um so I would probably give this album I want to give it an 80 because I really do like it um but it there needs to be less. <laughs> There's too much. 
Respect that. So subtract one for how many? One point for every song too long it is. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't know the rules yet. That's she's not, okay. She's not going by your bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that puts us uh, overall at a 71, which is highly respectable. That's not bad. Um, ooh, that's pretty low. Um, that is number 24 on our list. It's in between Cheap Trick and uh, the Mono the Ocean Split. It's pretty low. How many albums have been released? We are on 32. Oh, maybe yeah, that 31. is kind of low. That's interesting because I feel like we all gave it pretty good scores. Yeah. We're just generous raters, I guess. I've been pretty solidly at least like 70 on a lot of stuff because we do a lot of solid stuff. Yeah, true. Yeah, very true. We need to pick more stinkers, guys. No. I'm picking up the slack. I, who who brought us Brett Michaels? That was <laughs> True. We need to do Macho Man again, but we're just going to give it I'm 100. still capping the top of the list and the bottom of the list. That's true. You are the best in every aspect of this show. <laughs> Wait, is Macho Man in first place? No, no. Macho Man was on, oh. the, on the last. I said we would, <laughs> okay. we now, right would now, all give it 100. My But two of my picks are the top and the bottom of the current list. It's, What's, dude, Stone Cold is so ingrained into you. You what? just, you like did the... <laughs> Well, no, I was saying top and bottom. Like I said. his mannerisms are evolving. What's, in what's at the top? Steve Austin. Huh? What's at the top? Blood ceremony. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. What did yeah. you? What's the overall rating for that one? Uh, it's like a fucking eighty-nine or something. Damn. Yeah, it's really high. at ninety-two point six. Holy shit! We liked yeah. it. That yeah. was fucking incredible. <laughs> in the very bottom, Nick, didn't you give it a hundred? That's the only hundred I've given. Yeah, I was like, I can't find anything wrong with it. Just really love it. That's fair, I guess. <laughs> Hit us up. Yes, I picked the next thing. Yes. And we're doing the special thing, right? We're going to do the head-to-head albums. <laughs> do we want to do that? Sure. Cool. Okay. I picked two albums. Oh, shit. From the same band? No. Two bands. They're uh, rival bands. We're oh, experimenting God. here, listeners. Here's your head. Arguably, the two top creative bands of their day. Nothing. Okay, what's um, what's the era? Yeah, what era? Day? Yeah, I'm not just gonna tell you the era. Okay, well that's like Beatles. Is that yes. one of them? Beach Boys. Yes. Yeah, Beatles and Beach Boys. Yeah. Pick the albums. You know it. We can't. Uh, oh shit. Probably it's probably Pet Sounds. Uh huh. And uh, Sergeant Pepper. Yep. Yeah. Okay. There it is. Brett's We're doing listen best. to those. Brett's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just really basic. <laughs> no, that's a good one though. Do I you have I like a Sergeant Pepper since I was like a kid? <laughs> I think. Do you have like a like a non shitty like duo of albums for me to listen to? What's your fucking problem? Why do you like this? No, there's Max no. Is gonna be like, there's no blast beats and avant garde. No, I can I cannot wait for next time to hear fucking Max unironically say something about how actually one of these albums sounds like Wasp. <laughs> I can probably find some Wasp. In. Actually, I, I take it back. These albums are famous for their avant garde electronic noises. They actually are. Yeah. I'm gonna listen to Smile. This is the first only. use of uh, like electro theremin. First use of he's gonna be like not enough Moog. not enough drill noises. You're gonna I didn't hear it. a you're single gonna... chain clinking. <laughs> I just I don't know you're about to say what you're gonna say, but all I could hear you saying is you're about to fucking piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna say you're gonna listen to the '60s pop music and you're gonna fucking like it. <laughs> I like some '60s, but I like Franz de Gaal. I encourage you to like listen to some albums before. Like some popular albums that came out before these two albums, and then listen to music right after. And I know you're not going to do this, but I have a Marty Robbins album from like 1956. That 
That's not the same thing. I had to rate Charles greatest hits as a child. A swing and a miss. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so everybody, we're we're doing something different. We're gonna duel two albums. Yeah, basically, we're just gonna we're gonna go. I think track by track, still for each album, kind of do a a more Quicker. abridged version, and then compare them, contrast, yeah. and maybe see which one's Pick better. A winner. Yeah. Yes. There's got to be a winner. Music is competition. Who do you think, though, like really quick, in like a battle to the death, like Anchorman style, between the Beach Boys and the Beatles, top of their prime, whacked out as shit on drugs, who would win? Beach Boys. I don't know. The Beatles seem scrappy. And like, they grew up on the docks. I don't feel like they'd have it in them. The Beach Boys were suburb kids. Yeah, but I feel like they could end it a life. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Love kept a switchblade in his boot. I'm sure he did. Okay, bye. 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 Hey, freaks. If you like what you hear, leave a review and tell a friend. It makes a difference. Find us on social media at Now Listen to This and let us know what you think, or leave an album recommendation you'd like to hear us do. You can also check out our other, better show, None of My Friends Like Comics, where Nick talks about comics with people who don't normally read them. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>